All right, welcome back to week two of Gabe's Gambling Den. Um, and we had a successful week one here. Uh, three wins, a loss, and a push. Um, the three wins we had, we had the Bears plus three against Detroit. And Mitch Trubisky, you know, he really went in and came through for us. We had the Rams also plus three against Dallas. And uh, Jared Goff, he really uh, – or I guess it wasn't Jared Goff. It was the refs in the pass, in the pass interference call at the end. But the Rams plus three covers – and then we had the Titans, or my bad, the Broncos on Monday Night Football, plus two and a half against the Titans. Shout out Steven Goskowski for missing four kicks. Um, we had the Chargers minus three. That was a push in Cincinnati in Joe Burrow's debut. And, of course, Carolina, our only loss of the week, plus three against the Raiders. If only they give the ball to Christian McCaffrey late in the game, maybe then we would have an undefeated week. But coulda, woulda, shoulda. You never know what's going to happen. We don't look in the rearview mirror, though. We look at the windshield and what's ahead. So with that spirit, let's move on to week two here. Let's see what we have in store. Um, first bet of the week, Eagles plus one at home against the Rams. Now, I think if you bet this a week ago, if you go to the futures bet, the Eagles would have been a three-point favorite. Now they're a one-point underdog at home. I know they played bad against Washington last week, but Miles Sanders and Lane Johnson – should be back on Sunday. And the Rams, I think they're getting a boost from beating the Cowboys, who many thought were a really good team. I don't think um, I don't think the Cowboys are that good, uh, quite honestly. I think the Rams and the Cowboys are pretty similar. And I think the Rams are getting a big boost from uh, that win on Sunday night. But yeah, I think this is a classic week one overreaction. Like I said, the Eagles would have been favored probably by three points a week ago if you had bet this in a futures bet. But now the Rams are one-point favorite on the road going to the West Coast for, you know, a 12 o'clock start. That's 10 o'clock out in the West Coast. And if you look at it, the Rams' offense stalled last week in the second half against Dallas. They didn't really do much. Um, Cam Akers, the rookie running back, didn't run the ball well. Malcolm Brown did. But the Cowboys, despite the way the broadcast was talking up the Cowboys' defensive line, they're really not very good against the run. They're a very finesse unit. They're not a physical group. With Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, the Eagles, and Brandon Graham as well. The Eagles are much better against the run than Dallas. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball against Philadelphia the same way they did against Dallas. And now with um, with Darius Slay at corner, the Eagles' secondary is better. I think this is a good matchup for Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia is getting crapped on a little bit following a pretty embarrassing Week 1 loss. But I think Philly is a better team than they showed, and they're getting two key players back on offense on Sunday. I think Lane Johnson really helped some of the offensive line issues. And this is pretty important. Outside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, what good players do the Rams have on defense? I mean, maybe John Johnson, their safety, but maybe Michael Brockers as well. But that's about it. Uh, I mean, the Rams, I don't see I don't see good linebackers on that team. They don't have another corner besides Ramsey. They don't have an edge pass rusher. I like the Eagles to win this one outright, pulling a mini upset here. Say the Eagles 24-21 over the Rams, bouncing back after an embarrassing week one loss. Now let's move on to my second bet of the week. I like the Broncos again. Came through for me last week thanks to Steven Gostowski missing field goals. But once again, I like Denver plus seven and a half at Pittsburgh. Now, I think Pittsburgh wins the game, but seven and a half is a big number, especially if you don't have an elite offense. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And Denver's defense is still really good, even without Vaughn Miller. You saw they really shut down Derrick Henry in the Titans' running game last week. Now, Tennessee was able to throw the ball. But 
are we sure that Big Ben is really is still really an elite quarterback? I mean, he didn't other than the two minute drill, he didn't really look very good against the Giants who have really no good players on their defense. Um, and now I have to lay down seven and a half points. I think Denver's gonna go on the road here and they're gonna be competitive in Pittsburgh. I mean, their defense is still good. They have Bradley Chubb, they have Jarrell Casey, they have um AJ Boye at corner, Justin Simmons is really, really good as a safety. I think the I think the Broncos make this very competitive. I also think Denver has better offensive weapons in Pittsburgh. I mean, James Conner, he got hurt and didn't look very good last week. Benny Snell stepped up and was solid, but again, the Giants don't really have any good players defensively. I think Denver has better weapons. Um, Cortland Sutton will probably be back. They have Jerry Judy. They have Noah Fant. Uh, Tim Patrick, another receiver for them, looked pretty good. You got Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. With all that being said, I do think the Steelers win. Their defense is elite, and they showed it on Monday night. But I think the Broncos cover. I'll take the Steelers to win 20-17, to 17, but 7.5 is too big of a number. I'll take the Broncos to cover that spread. Now into my third bet of the week. I don't like taking big favorites, but the Ravens minus 7 at Houston. Man, I think this year, in the year of the coronavirus, a short preparation, I think great will destroy average. And the Texans are an average football team. They got manhandled by the Chiefs on Sun on Thursday night, um, and the final score was thirty-four to twenty. But it wasn't even really that close. Um, and we saw what Baltimore did to Cleveland, a Cleveland team that is more talented than Houston. I don't know if they're better because of the quarterback, but Cleveland's more talented, and Baltimore just won thirty-eight to six. Um, and man, this is a bad matchup. I mean, last year Baltimore beat Houston forty-one to seven in week, um, I believe that was week eleven. Um, and I think Houston is a suspect receiving core. Um, without DeAndre Hopkins, you have a bunch of new guys. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who didn't do much on Thursday night. Randall Cobb, who did next to nothing. Kenny Stills, who I don't think had a catch. And Baltimore's a top three secondary in the league with Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Those are three excellent corners. Um, I don't really see how Houston is going to get guys open. And more importantly, Houston is a slow team defensively. They are They don't have a ton of speed. That's not a good matchup for Lamar, who's the most explosive quarterback in the NFL. And they got speed on the outside with um, Hollywood Brown, with third-round pick Devin DuVernay. Willie Sneed is good. They have a lot of options at receiver. Houston also does not cover tight ends well. That doesn't bode well for a Mark Andrews matchup. Um, and I think the Ravens are just pissed off this year after having such a great year last year and then really blowing it in that Titans game. I think they're on a mission. I think the Texans... They're downtrodden. They don't have very good morale right now. I think the Ravens blow them out. I'm going to say 38-21 Baltimore in Houston, easily covering that seven-point spread. Now let's move on to the Sunday night game, where once again the Sunday night football game is my favorite bet of the week, and that is Seattle minus four against New England. Now we go back to week one. Seattle let Russ cook for seemingly the first time ever. And the Seahawks are dangerous when Russell Wilson gets going early on. Um, and I also want to say don't, as much as I'm saying this about Seattle, but don't overreact to week one for New England. The Dolphins are not talented. They're a very untalented team. I mean, outside of their corners, uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, defensively they don't have a ton of talent, or any talent really, especially in the front seven. New England ran the ball a lot. The Seahawks have a ton of talent at linebacker with Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. And then Jamal Adams, who's a safety, gets down in the box as well and plays linebacker. I think that's going to give Cam fits. Um, and the Patriots don't really have weapons on the outside. They don't have – I mean, Edelman is not as good as he was three or four years ago. 
Nikhil Harry is, you know, he's looking like a bust so far as a first-round pick at wide receiver. Um, there's no tight end, really, to speak of for New England. Um, there's no outside weapons for Cam's. I think Seattle, with their linebackers and Jamal Adams, are going to give Cam fits in the, running, in the quarterback run game. Um, I think New England's going to struggle offensively. And then, despite holding the Dolphins to 11 points, remember, they were playing Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who threw three interceptions, no touchdowns last week. And once again, the Dolphins, they don't have – they just don't have a lot of talent. And this Patriot defense, this is not the defense of last season that was really, really good. Yes, they still have Stephon Gilmore, who is probably the best corner in the NFL. Um, but here are guys on the unit from last year that are not for, that are not there this year. Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, Danny Shelton, Alandon Roberts, Dante Hightower, Deron Harmon, Patrick Chung. Those are five starters and three other guys who played a ton of snaps in their sub packages. Um, this New England defense is not... It's not what it was a year ago. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad defense, but Seattle with Russell Wilson is, you know, if he's playing the way he played last week and they're calling the game the way they called it last week, this is an elite offense, and Russell Wilson is among the best of the best at quarterback. I think the Seahawks win and easily cover the four points, 31-20. to 20. Now let's move on to the Monday night game, my final bet of the week. I like the Saints minus 5.5 at Las Vegas in the opener. Now, I know what you're thinking. The Saints lost Michael Thomas. They're, they're not going to be as good offensively, which, yes, losing Michael Thomas, one of the top five receivers in football, is going to hurt your offense. But remember, unlike previous years, the Saints have a really good number two receiver in, Eman in Emmanuel Sanders this year. They also have Jared Cook, who's an athletic tight end. They still have Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, who's a great, uh, a really good threat in the passing game. And Latavius Murray is a second back who can do the power running game. Um... And also, so the Saints will score points. Also, remember this the Raiders' defensive personnel is not good. It's pretty much on par with the Giants as far as the worst defensive personnel in the league. Um, they're just bad defensively. I think the Saints will score points no problem. Um, and I think you saw this last week when they played Tampa Bay. The Saints have good defensive personnel. I mean, Cameron Jordan on the defensive line is one of the best in the league. Uh, Sheldon Rankin's a really good defensive tackle. Uh, Trey Hendrickson looked good, uh, you know, as a bookend to Cam Jordan. Uh, obviously, Marshawn Lattimore is one of the top corners in the NFL, and Janoris Jenkins had a pick six. If he's back to the form he was in two or three years ago, the Saints have one of the best corner duos in the NFL. Um, the Saints have good defensive personnel, um, and the Raiders are not explosive offensively. The Saints' defense will be able to play aggressive and downhill against the Raiders, who just aren't very explosive. Derek Carr doesn't really throw the deep ball. I mean, they did draft. Um, they drafted Henry Ruggs, who is a speedster, but I don't think he's really going to be up for the challenge of Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins. Um, with the Saints, I'm getting the better coach, the better quarterback, and the better, more talented roster. Despite losing Michael Thomas, I just think the Saints are a significantly better team than the Raiders. I know it's the opening of the Vegas Stadium, but there is no crowd there. It's Monday night. The Saints are going to be ready to go. They're going to be... They're going to be a little pissed off that people think, you know, the loss of Michael Thomas is going to severely affect them. Remember last year when Drew Brees went out, the Saints went on a five- or six-game winning streak with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I think they'll be just fine without a wide receiver. I'll take the Saints to win 35-24, easily covering that five-and-a-half point spread. Well, I hope you listened to me last week, and I hope you listened to me this week. Last week we won some money. This week we hope to do the same. Uh, place these bets and tune in next week in Gabe's Gambling Den right here on the Right On Sports podcast feed.